This is the John Favreau is My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Uh, bonjour, Monica. Bonjour, Jessica. <laughs> How are you this evening? I laugh at your pain. <laughs> Lorelai. <laughs> It's Gilmore Girls Fall, everyone. Bonjour, Lola. <laughs> Rory. 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 <laughs> Luke. Luke. <laughs> uh, the dragonfly in. <laughs> Again. Oh, my God. <laughs> How are you, Monica? I'm Will, Jessica. How are you? I'm doing quite well this evening. You know her? No, I don't know. <laughs> we um we have to talk about this because we were just watching the trailer for um, <laughs> <laughs> the other Australian for the other Australian actress that we love, the original Arnor Nicole Kidman. Arnor, it's Nicole Kidman. <laughs> we were watching the trailer um for the being what's it called, Aaron? Being the Ricardos. It's like a, a Lucio Ball, yeah. Desi, what's his face? Desi Arnaz. Desi Arnaz biopic. Yeah. But it's like I isn't it a mini series? No. No? It's just it's a, a movie. It's just a move people make those like still? Yeah. <laughs> Amazon does. People make movies still? Jeff Bezos said oh. You know what I love? I love Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh Aaron Sorkin has had his hands in, hands in a lot of little cookie jars around town. Netflix, yeah, um, Amazon, so Apple. Thrilled Apple? to see, thrilled to see that he wrote this. Apple, uh, less thrilled to see that he directed it. Aaron, we told you. <laughs> we talked about this in in the Aaron Sorkin episode. Why are you still directing? Why are you still directing, Aaron? I understand that people are giving you money to do so, but we strongly advised you against it. We strongly advised. Um, Just get David Lynch to do it. <laughs> I'm sure he'd be fine. You want it? You want a fucking blue ass velvet version of Lucille Ball? Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, Lucille Ball, but it's Eraserhead. That sounds like the worst movie ever made. <laughs> it's like it's. But that again. This is written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, so it might also still be the worst money. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry, Aaron. I love you, but we have to stick to the writing. I like that's you, where the head. money is. You know, that's where the money. Is. That's where the money is. You're, you're. That's not right. That's not where the like the finances are. Oh. It's like where. That's not where the finances. It's where like the money material. Oh my god! Someone. Is. So. Oh, you're talking about the money shot. Basically. Basically. <laughs> yeah. I say this as someone who is not Aaron Sorkin um, and not making millions and millions of dollars. But trust me, sir. You're telling me that Aaron Sorkin doesn't have a billy? He, pr I mean. A billy? I'm sure he has bill. No. No. I would think he's just a millionaire. Maybe just. <laughs> Just multi, like oh, in the multi. tens or hundreds, perhaps. What, can you imagine if he just had one million? <laughs> He's he <laughs> like loves to spend one comma zero. That zero man loves zero. to shop. <laughs> <laughs> he loves to shop till he, he drops. Like, I have a feeling that he banks at Chase. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? I don't. I do. I bank it. I mean, I'm not going to say. Where do you bank, Monica? I'm not going to say. Oh, okay. So my routing number is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could give it out. Uh, People could send you money. 
Oh my god, that's so true. My Venmo is. <laughs> I don't even know my Venmo offhand. I, I I know mine. I feel like I should have a Cash App. What is that? Can you explain Cash App? No, because I don't have that either. What is Cash App? I also hear people talk about Zelle. Oh, I do like Zelle. I've it's never. my favorite. It's Isn't that only if you have Bank of America though? No. What the fuck? No. Oh, sorry. It's for other banks. Banks that I bank at. Like what? <laughs> Just tell me your bank. You'll never know my bank. <laughs> I thought we were close. We are close. Clothes. Not close enough mm. to know what bank you're at. I told you my bank. I feel like you've definitely seen my bank. Probably. I just don't remember. You've definitely held my wallet. Is it Wells Fargo? No. It? It's not Bank of America. It's no. not Wells Fargo and it's not Chase. No. Ooh, who else is out there? There's plenty City of people bank. out there. <laughs> Did you know, you didn't know this because I didn't tell you, um, I came home from the mountains and I had a Citibank debit card waiting at my home for me being like, congratulations, no you got your account accepted. Here's your pin number, everything. I did not apply for said debit card. Also, you don't apply for a debit card. We they, do. No, you they apply give it and then you. they give it to you. No, they give it to you when you apply for a checking account. Well, yes, that's what I mean. But you don't you apply, apply for, for a checking account. Debit card. And so they were like, here's your card, whatever. And so I called them and I was like, I did not... I did not ask for this. So what do I do? And they're like, well, this is considered fraud, ma'am, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, that's fine. I understand that. But first of all, my uh, I pay for like a fraud service and it did not detect it. And then also I was like, who the fuck steals someone's identity to open a checking account? There's no money in it. <laughs> There's no... <laughs> It's mine, and I didn't put money there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's nothing in it. Also, they had it sent to my home. So you don't have the card anyway. <laughs> this just feels like a very silly, silly fraud moment. Silly fraud. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're like, you need to call and put credit alerts on everything. I'm like, probably, but also this just feels stupid. <laughs> it honestly does feel stupid. It feels very dumb. Here's the thing. I always tell people to pay for things on a credit card and not a debit card because credit cards have a lot more security measures on them. Right. If you pay for, if you like lose your debit card and someone goes like buck fucking wild at the yeah, stump you're town, fucked. you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you're at the fucked. stump town? Well, they buy a fuck ton of beans. <laughs> they buy all the beans, 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 beans. <laughs> they bought so much cold brew. Fraud. Do you know how much it costs? It's like $10 for eight ounces. <laughs> But you don't understand. They buy the jugs. <laughs> the growlers. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that that's what that's called I, for some reason. I don't get I it. I hate it. But like what I'm saying is if they, if they like go buck wild at the stump town, you're fucked. It's true. I am fucked. And your money's just gone. The bank is like, oh, that's your money. So we don't care. But if you have a, but if you're buying things on a credit card mm -hmm. and your credit card gets stolen, the creditor goes, it's my money. So I do give a fuck. Yeah. yeah. It's true. This is very true. This is America. <laughs> this is America. Get with it, guys. <laughs> Do the thing that is easier for the big bank and not easier for you. Uh, Do you want to use your money? No. <laughs> use someone else's money and then pay them and back. And then pay it back later and probably get travel points in the process. Thank yeah. you. Mic drop. This was an entire ad dedicated to the Delta credit card. So we are actually uh, transitioning to being a financial advice podcast. <laughs> so JetBlue has a great credit card. <laughs>
<laughs> just kidding. I've only flown JetBlue like three times. It's a nice air. That's a nice but airline. But it's a nice that's airline. A nice airline. You can tell how good an airline is by how good their snacks are and their movie selection. Delta has incredible snack they selections. Do. They have a tiny little charcuterie board. Charcuterie. <laughs> a charcuterie board. Is that is that also the airline that gives you the little? They can sell you the different boxes. Oh Is yeah. That Delta? Oh yeah. Yeah, okay, that's oh, what yeah. I thought. They have like a ham box. <laughs> ham box. <laughs> it just has different types of meat in it. It has like different like cures of ham. <laughs> I mean, honestly sounds great. I love a nice cured meat. Many nice I love cures. Parma ham. Do you, oh. I just found this out today and it seems like a dumb thing to just have figured out. But Parma ham and Parmesan are from the same place in Italy. What? Yes. <laughs> Man. Can that- you imagine that much flavor in one city? Man. I can't. <laughs> They have really monopolized that big Parma over that there. Umami flavor, <laughs> big Parma. <laughs> oh, that took me a minute, but it was oh, good. Oh boy, really good. big Parma, Mamma Mia. We can't top it. We just have to move on now. No, <laughs> but we can top it with cheese, Mister Squidward, with a cheese, with cheese. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, Monica, who are we talking about today? Will, Jessica? Yes. Today we're talking about the one and only, the, a clear contender for Best Australian Daddy 2021. Oh, you're right. This is a clear contender. A clear contender. Not that there was a, ever a competition <laughs> and not that we're hosting a competition. We might be. But I've decided this now. That I might she, have ordered trophies. She's a contender. Okay. Or rather, a contender down under. Uh, what, how do how would they say it though? Because we really do lean heavily into New Zealand. I feel oh. like the Australians are much more delicate with their accent. That's worse. Continda. Nintendo. Not me. Not a mayonnaise. Is this the most unhinged episode to date? Perhaps, dear listener, perhaps Monica's dancing. What is going on? Are you waving your white flag? No, it's the claw. The <laughs> oh, okay. I've made my hand in the shape of a claw from one of those claw machines. Oh, it also is reminding me of the young lad in Hereditary. Oh my God. <laughs> this isn't. This is going to be in an upcoming episode, but... Monica's doing the hand motion that uh, the the boy does in Hereditary. Where he sticks his hand up. Not Nat Wolf, but the other one, the <laughs> other Alex naked Wolf. brother, Na- in from the Naked Brothers band, Alex Wolf. Alex Wolf. Okay, Monica, tell us about the daddy today. I shall. Uh, the daddy today is Kate Blanchett. Oh, Let me tell you a little bit about our girl Kate. Tell me, Catherine Elise Blanchett is the other 
Australian actress <clears throat> and producer. Regarded as one of the best actresses of her generation, she is noted for her versatile roles in blockbusters, independent films, and stage work in various theater productions. Wow. Interestingly, Blanchette is the only actress hailing from Australia who has won two Academy Awards. Or nor Nicole Kidman. <laughs> Or nor Nicole, you have been dethroned. Or nor. <laughs> Blanchette is also the recipient of three Golden Globe Awards, three British Academy Film Awards, and three Screen Actor Guild Awards. Wow. She is the BFF of fellow actress Sarah Paulson, whose shared famed Trash Fire Today interview about Ocean's Eight <laughs> skyrocketed them into chaotic meme queen territory you have to go watch the interview if you, you haven't seen it it's have to so funny it is so unhinged <laughs> it is so funny they're insane literally a garbage fire they're just tanking the interview and hoda is crying <laughs> and there's a lot and they're just like slapping each other <laughs> and being so mean to being each other so mean one of them literally is like who styled you yeah. like you look Kate like trash. Looks and she's just like you need a stylist <laughs> you need a stylist <laughs> um, okay kate is every nerd's hot fantasy as that one elf queen in the lord of the rings honestly don't know her name don't know her, know her name either but she's a great elf she's the one with the with the, the ears, ears. <laughs> Erin <laughs> is so upset, but we're just going to keep moving. Let's keep going. <laughs> she also played the best character in The Aviator. Oh, yes. But that is up for the for, you know, for debate. It's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Speaking of her role in The Aviator, where she did a mean Catherine Hepburn mid-Atlantic accent, she has also been praised for her mastery over a wide array of diverse accents, from English, Irish, and French, to various regional American accents. She's also a real-life daddy to four children. Also, her other Oscar was for Blue Jasmine. Sorry, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> Give it up for Nicole Kidman. I mean, yes. Kate Blanchett. Wahoo. Woo. I love this bitch. She's so good. She She's Her so mouth. Good. Her mouth is oh, crazy. Yes. Whenever she wears red lipstick, it like goes all the way to the end of her mouth. Because her mouth is, she has a very large mouth. Her mouth is huge. <laughs> huge mouth. Huge mouth. Big star. Strong bone structure. Very strong. Huge mouth. Big star. <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell you about her first film. Are you ready, Monica? What is the first film? The first film is Elizabeth. <gasps> Came out in 1998. Directed by Shakar Kapoor. Screenplay by Michael Hurst. Ooh. Elizabeth Tudor, played by Kate Blanchett, becomes queen of a divided and dangerous England in 1558. That's a long time ago. <laughs> Are you kidding me? A rather long time ago. I was there. <laughs> that was just yesterday. <laughs> she is roundly perceived as weak by threats from within and abroad, and she is strongly advised to marry by Council William Cecil. I fucking hate that last name. Played by Richard Attenborough. But she will be married only to her country. Intelligent and cautious, she must choose where to place her trust. With her shrewd secretary, Walsingham, played by <laughs> Jeffrey Rush, a master of espionage. Or her secret lover, Sir Robert Dudley, played by Joseph Fine. These mm. names. These fucking names. Incredible names. Joseph Fine was also in Shakespeare in Love in the same year. And he was Fine. He was fucking fine, fine in, in this both movie. of these. It's 
because like Shakespeare in love, he's like so passionate. And this one, he's also passionate, but he's just sad the whole time. And he's like something about like a sexy, sad guy that really gets he's like the juices flowing. You know what I mean? and moody. Yes. He like, like his, he always looks like he was just crying. Yes. The whole time. Correct. Correct. <sighs> also, his chemistry with Kate is just through the fucking It's fucking disgusting. But then again, so like gross. he's the same way with Gwyneth and Shakespeare in Love, which makes me believe that Joseph Fine is just such a sensual actor so that sensual. he can have fucking chemistry with a piece of toast. Like, I'm convinced. I would watch that love story. Oh, God. Is he in any way related to the other fine? He is. They are brothers. There are like five of them. I think, or, uh, yeah. That's so brilliant. Brilliant. The brilliant fine brothers. I love that. I love that for them. Rafe, of course, is the most famous, but Rafe is the most famous. Joseph is second. But Joseph is Joseph, Joseph is, is fine. Joseph, <laughs> Joseph fine is fine. His fine is fine. Look, especially in this movie. That's my first note for this movie in all caps. Okay, Joseph Fine is back and he is fine as hell. <laughs> Incredible. I love that. Yeah, here's the thing. Kate Blanchett in this movie, the, you get a first glimpse at her and she is just angelic. But not just angelic and not just like ethereal, but also like really grounded yeah. and strong. She's like hypnotic oh yeah and you cannot take your eyes off of her no it's kind of insane and this was the movie that like gave her like worldwide yes acclaim yes um this is when people were like oh this is another australian after nicole (laughs) 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 no this is where they started to know the name kate blanchett after this movie this put her on the map put her on the map and i I really like historical dramas, but I wasn't sure if I would like this. I wasn't sure if it would be like boring or something, Mm -hmm. but this bitch kept me entertained the whole damn time. She was unhinged. She was wild. (laughs) (laughs) Even, okay, so let's take it back even further. Even the poster of this movie is like badass as fuck. It makes it look very like rock and roll. I know, but she's very much in like historical garb and you know, she's very much, but the thing is she looks like she's giving you the finger even though she's very much not. So this is the thing. When I saw the, the poster for this movie, I was like, this this looks like what like Baz Luhrmann tries to do. Oh my god! All the time. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! It doesn't come <laughs> out the same way because he's not trying to focus on historical accuracy. No, but like I would argue that there is a very similar effect going on in which you were prepared for sort of this like badass story and these yeah. like this sort of like rock and roll approach to the monarchy. Yeah, but like the it doesn't actually look like that. You just are put in that mindset. Exactly. You know, a hundred percent, very effective marketing for this film. (laughs) Her face is also like this white, pale, blank slate. Mm -hmm. And only her eyes and mouth offer you any indication of like the hand that she is dealing underneath. Yes. It is so good. It is so good. Yes, and she has that red hair. Oh, that that curly, chunky, honestly kind of crunchy looking (laughs) red hair. But at the beginning, it's like totally straight and it's super long and she looks like, she looks like a fucking baby angel. She looks like the one from the Lord of the Rings, but with red hair. Exactly. And the ears are not She's just like crazy ethereal and it's, she's, absolutely stunning to like watch her move she's like a statue just 
just walking around, just rolling around with Josephine in the sheets. <laughs> She's very sensual in this she movie. Is, but it's really interesting because she brings so many fascinating sides to this character because she starts out as like she's this young girl she's in love with this guy she's 25 in this movie not not the actor i forget how old Kate blanchett is in this movie but elizabeth one is 25 in this movie right? right so she's this young woman she's a young young woman and there's a lot of the history that isn't important to this explanation but well she's hanging out she's she's hanging out so so in 1558 at the age of 25, she took the throne of a Catholic country and then declared it to be Protestant. Yes, because she herself is Protestant. Exactly. And fought off the assassination of the French, the Spanish, her rivals, and the Pope. <laughs> From Buca de Beppo. <laughs> that little Pope statue? Literally him. annihilated him. <laughs> and then she ruled for 45 fucking years. Yeah, she, so, her and her father, because her father was Henry VIII and yeah. her mother was Anne Boleyn. Exactly. And they were like, this bitch is never going to be queen. And then she was queen because her sister sadly could not have children. Yes. At the end. So sorry. Uh, so sorry, Mary. Um, but the the throne is going to Elizabeth. Sorry. <laughs> to Lizzie. <laughs> but anyway, so like you see these very different fascinating sides to her because she is this young woman. She is very passionate about her faith and about her country and about this man that she's in love with. But then as soon as she's supposed to become queen, she's like, this is my God given right. Yes. <laughs> yes. And she, her head becomes humongous. <laughs> I will have one mistress here and no master. <laughs> so good. Uh-huh. She's just like, fuck all of you. I don't need no man. She radiates this sense of purpose mm-hmm. and this sense of duty with like, uh, this is this this movie makes me believe that the monarchy are divine and like have divinity. Yes. Because of the way that she sort of like locks into her her new territory, her Uh new duty, like as if she were ordained by God himself. Yes. And uh, again, like, and I watched the crown. (laughs) (laughs) I watched the crown. I love the crown. Cannot wait for the next season, season of the crown. I've seen all the episodes of the crown multiple times, but I never once thought to myself, huh, they've been ordained by God himself. Yeah. In this movie, Kate Blanchett's performance makes me fundamentally believe that the monarchy is like somewhere, someone up there is like, bro, her. you, you are the one. This is the first movie that has ever made me like truly understand how they must have felt. Because while we look at it, we're like, this is batshit. Like, how are you this insane? You're running a country, sure. But like, we all know that it's kind of arbitrary in Mm, the end. Yes. But not to them because there are very real stakes and they are deeply religious and they do deeply believe that they were chosen. Mm -hmm. And it's not just like that they believe and nobody else does. Everyone fucking believes that the king slash queen was chosen by the Lord Lord. to rule the country. And it's insane. She, in this movie and in history, she's sort of like known as the virgin queen, which is hilarious because she's so central in this movie. I know. (laughs) But I think what they meant by that was like, she is just like so devoted to her country yeah. that she, she like wouldn't take a she would not take a husband mm-hmm. because she only wanted to 
because again, even though she's queen, she's still a woman. Mm -hmm. So she would have to like submit to her husband in ways that like didn't make sense for her stature and Mm -hmm. divinity. So a lot of it was like, I'm going to not take a husband because I don't want anyone to tell me what the fuck to do. Correct. I want to, I want to do what I want to do. And Kate Blanchett's head gets so much bigger by the end of the movie. That you're like, does your crown fit, man? <laughs> well, like it's it's frustrating because you as a viewer, you're just like, girl, tone it down. <laughs> but then you also have to think about from her point of view, she has all of these men trying to tell her what to do. So many men. And she's men. just like, and all of them are telling her, you're a woman. Like you can't make these decisions. <laughs> she was like, fuck you. Yes, I can. Like, why don't we just try this my way for a little while? And so- like it makes sense that she would be have this like insanely inflated ego but the fascinating part of it to watch is like from her to go from that one moment Mm. and then in the next like something happens and you can see she's just like a scared young girl again she does a very good job of putting on the mask of like I am, I am the monarch. I am royalty. It is I. And then when shit hits the fan, you can see how truly scared shitless she is and how she underneath it all is just this innocent young woman who knows fuck all about running a country. It's true. (laughs) And the thing is, marriages at this, at this time and also kind of today are like social moves, Right. right? Like people do them to get ahead in society. They're like social and economic moves. You marry someone to get their land, to get their cows, to get their Sherpa, Mm -hmm. to really just take all of their shit and then also make yourself beefier in the process. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, nothing would make her beefier than she is now, Mm -hmm. which is why she never married. And that pressure, Kate Blanchett just like dances around that so beautifully because I think she does this thing where she compartmentalizes that pressure and is like, you know what? I'm gonna set that aside to visibly appear like a lion and not take anyone's shit. And it's like very apparent that this is her move. And like, Mm -hmm. it is very pronounced with like her hair and like how saturated the film is that she's like very fierce and like out to get you. (laughs) Because her hair is like this fiery red and like sometimes whenever she has it like up like that mm-hmm. like you know how typically you see elizabeth one's hair yeah she literally looks like a lion it she is does. it is actually insane. she's these wild curls on, on top of her head wild and then she curls. cuts it all off and then she fucking cuts it off and wears a wig of the same hair and it is so confusing <laughs> it is confusing she does it though to model herself after the virgin mary to be like i am clean i am pure essentially and now when I wear my wig and my crown, I am regal, etc. But also bald. But also it's so silly. And fucking Emily Mortimer is her lady in waiting, standing there sobbing, <laughs> chopping her hair off. It's like high key. Her hair is gorgeous. It's so pretty. I can't imagine. I would also sob. I would too. But also I'd be like, Emily, please. I'm 25. It can grow back. Come on. <laughs> I don't know, man. You could get the gout. You could get that gout, girl. <laughs> you could get that get gout. Get that gout, girl. <laughs> oh, my God. I just, I don't know. Like, Kate Blanchett has so many, like, lines in this movie that she sort of delivers with this glorious renowned mm-hmm. where she's like i am i think she's just like i am a virgin or like i have become like this 
virgin, this like monarch. Right. Like, this is me. And like I was saying earlier when she was like, um, she says something along the lines of like, I, I will have no mistress. Yeah. Or like, I know I will have one mistress and no master because she's only mistress to her country mm-hmm. and no one rules her. And mm-hmm. the way that she delivers these lines is so unbelievably unshaken. Like this is why Kate Blanchett does theater. <laughs> yes. This is why <laughs> this is why she does the theater. The theater. It's because she has such a direct and profound ability to be able to speak to the audience in a very impactful and impassioned mm-hmm. way. Yes. It is ugh. Yeah, Delicious. she's she's like she's truly divine in in this role. Yes. Um yeah, I mean, oh god, I wish I was um an adult in 1998 so I could have seen this debut and been like, oh, "Excuse me. <laughs> excuse Who are me, you? Young thing." <laughs> Who are you coming up, coming up here? Whom's thou? <laughs> Look who's arrived at the party. It's Kate Blanchett. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Uh, highly recommend watching that movie. I everybody. recommend. Watch Elizabeth 1998. There's also apparently a sequel. Elizabeth, a golden age. Um, I don't know. I've heard it's also very good. Does this movie need a sequel though? It's just the rest of her reign. I guess. It's, it's the part of her, because after this, movie ends is when Mary Queen of Scots tries to come take the throne. Yes. And so that's what Elizabeth Golden Age is about. Mary Queen of Scots. A Queen of Scots. I don't know if you guys watched the movie with Margot Robbie and Saoirse Ronan. Okay. It was good. It was good. It got like not very much attention. <sighs> it, it did got not. nominated for best makeup. Um, I think best makeup and also I think best costume. That would make sense. Which glorious for both. Sure. Um, Margot Robbie looked horrendous. It was perfect. <laughs> she looked terrible. Brilliant. So terrible. You want an Oscar, just make a beautiful actress look hideous. Exactly. Except jokes on them. They didn't get an Oscar. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so if you if you want to watch a movie that's like more recently made, it's telling the basically the exact same story. Watch Mary Queen of Scots. Mary Queen of Scots. Where Saoirse Ronan is able to offer like a good Scottish accent. Yeah. She's very nice. She's like, I am Mary. I don't know. I'm Mary and I want to take your throne. The rightful queen. Yeah, I am the rightful queen. Of England. Of England, yeah. I, I, we promise this is not the next accent we'll <laughs> No. <laughs> Honestly, the Scottish accent freaks me out. I mean, so did Australian for a long time and look at us now. Dude, it sounds like they're eating corn. Mary Queen of Scots. <laughs> if you had the chance to change, change your fate, would you? Like, no. Every Scottish person who listens to this has just unsubscribed. They're just like turning it all the way down to the point where they're like breaking like, their get, little get car the volume button. We're so sorry, over. but I'm not actually that sorry. I'm so. not sorry next next monica tell us what what is the next film honestly i'm stoked to tell you about the next this film. is a sleeper this is a fabulous sleeper hit um definitely walk away from this episode watching this movie i'm about yes. to say and that is notes on a scandal it came out in 2006 directed by richard air screenplay by <laughs> patrick marber adapted from the novel what was she thinking notes on a scandal by <laughs> zoe heller <laughs> i'm sure it's said with that exact inflection what was she thinking what the fuck was she thinking I mean, honestly valid question notes on a scandal <laughs> 
Barbara Covet, played by, of course, the one and only Dame Judy Dench. Brilliant. Uh, a veteran teacher at St. George's senses a kindred spirit in Sheba Hat, played by Kate Blanchett. <laughs> no, there's not an Australian accent. <laughs> The school's new art teacher. The younger woman's charisma intensely draws in the older, and the two become friends. Fast friends. Then Barbara learns of Sheba's affair with a teenage student and becomes the keeper of the explosive secret. (sighs) What a film. This is scandal through and through. (laughs) Through and through. And the scandalous hits just keep on coming this movie just it doubles down on the scandal (laughs) so many times (laughs) and this is a tight 90 this is okay the pacing of this movie is glorious fantastic this is like if you wanted if you wanted a good popcorn flick where like it's truly a soap opera's worth of scandal but it's genuinely very well but it's genuinely very well made and the actors are fucking incredible and the chemistry between dame judy dench and kate blanchett is in it's off the charts it's amazing it's off the charts they play so well off of each other and it's just chef's kiss yeah and this is one of those movies that is about a fucked up thing but the reason why it's good is because it makes you confront the humanity behind a very fucked up thing yeah. and makes you go like, I'm kind of feeling bad for this person and I know I'm not supposed to. And that's why it's, it, that's, it really, it makes you think and it makes you like realize you're empathizing with people that you shouldn't be. Yeah. And then makes you like re-examine everything you've ever thought about yourself. hundred percent. And Kate Blanchett plays a very convincing, like, like uh, uh, spiritual is the wrong word, but She's like. She's supposed to be like this free spirited like, woman. Boho. Yeah. Like, like think of an art teacher in your mind. And, it's and that's literally her. <laughs> It's literally here. You kind of see like an objective version of this woman Mm -hmm. because the movie isn't really told through Kate Blanchett's character. No, it's told through Judy Dench's. And so you're looking at this version of Kate Blanchett's character as this like insane art teacher. And you kind of feel a little bit, I don't know, like jealous mm-hmm. of her lifestyle and her mm-hmm. ability to kind of just like flow and move through life like water. And that's when like Dame Judy Dench's character gets a little bit like irked. Yes. <laughs> and like, that's kind of the understatement of the century. Yeah, because, okay, so Sheba, Bathsheba is her first, is her full name. Sheba. <laughs> she shows up at the school. She's this new art teacher and D- Judy Dench is automatically just like, no. <laughs> Because she's this like Skeptical. hardened, bitchy, yeah. older teacher. Think Madam Trunchbull from Matilda. Madam Trunchbull. <laughs> Madam. Madam. Um, and so you're seeing Kate Blanchett through her eyes. And I really like that. I like how you're introduced to her from like an observer's point of view. Yes. Because that is so much of this character. She's sort of like this specimen that everyone around her is going like, we're so enchanted by you, but your life is so eccentric and and different because like she's married to a man who's like 20 years older than her. Mm -hmm. And she has a son with Down syndrome and she has a daughter who's like rebellious. But after dinner, they all like get up and dance together in the living room. And it's like, they have this very unconventional yet like g- envious 
envy worthy lifestyle. And so that's how you're introduced to her. And I think it's really, really brilliant. Yeah. Her persona and her family, her way of life is something to be ogled. Mm -hmm. Like all the characters around her, including um, Judy Dench's character, all they can really do is stare or observe because she's so fucking crazy. But at the same time, like a a great example is like Gwyneth Paltrow, right? Like, Gwyneth is insane. Right. <laughs> like Gwyneth is actually crazy. <laughs> but you can't help but envy her because of her talent and her grace and her like yes, these are like new found new ideas, but like <laughs> they're enviable because she seems really happy and she right. seems really fulfilled. And so that's kind of the same vibe that Kate Blanchett's character Sheba is giving us um it is the sort of the caricature or like the archetype of the like free-spirited woman yeah who like doesn't give a fuck about what anyone thinks of her but at the same time is home like to a point almost like portraying this character yeah well i mean the thing is though is she really doesn't play it as if she's thinking about anybody else to me at least like she does she seems to be like just like this is just her life genuine yeah she's just living it and you can kind of take it or leave it and she doesn't really think give that much thought about like how her life is unconventional in comparison to other people's she just kind of like like this is just her life and Mm -hmm. the end um and Kate Blanchett reminds me of like my friend's cool younger mom that I would never have yeah, in like, middle or high school. Like she had the baby when she was like 22 yeah. and they raised him on a compound <laughs> with like other chitlins. Yeah, and she's they had like, with her kids. They had and... like seven different salads for dinner. Yes. And the whole, and they like put on skits. Yes. <laughs> exactly she wore smocks (laughs) and made her own sauces exactly and i love it so much because you are as an as the viewer are as intrigued and envious of her as judy dench is Mm -hmm. and so you're like as emotionally invested in this woman oh you're fucking as judy dench which is why when the shit hits the fan because boy does it big time oh shit hits the fucking you're just like oh my god (laughs) because kate blanchett somehow begins sleeping with a 15 year old student which for no reason wild which by the way again this movie does a lot of things mm-hmm. in its portrayal of this quote-unquote situation between mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett's character Sheba and this 15 year old boy uh-huh. <laughs> this this student <laughs> this child mm-hmm. um and it very much is a scandal like yes. it's very oh, much yes. a, it's very much a problem there is no like there's a very clear defined line between what is like morally correct and what is wrong yes and what is wrong here is the fact that she is having relations with a child yes which is both illegal and also wrong (laughs) correct both of those things she is taking advantage of this poor boy exactly but what i will say is movies like this i appreciate movies like this so much because it takes something objectively awful yes and makes you lean in and go like I know that this is bad, but I have to stick around in order to understand it. Yeah, and you also end up feeling genuinely sad mm-hmm. or bad for Kate Blanchett's character because her emotions are really raw and real in this movie. 
And for whatever reason, the movie puts you in a fucking chokehold and says, you have to feel bad for her. Her emotions are <laughs> unfounded, but they are, they're genuine. Yes. And, and because you're a human being witnessing other human emotion, you're like, or <laughs> I feel really, I feel kind of, is it bad that I feel bad for her? Yeah. Um, because you know, her life gets ruined. Yes. And this, this is a terrible scandal, a terrible secret to have been exposed because at the end of the day, like she's just, again, this free spirited human being that is truly just living for herself, mm -hmm. but is also very much like, like in her mind, nothing about this is wrong, but, and also it very much is. Yeah. <laughs> like, like she knows it's wrong, but she's justifying it because she's like, but he does love me and I love him. So in her mind, yeah. she's like, this isn't wrong because we have love, but objectively that is wrong. Correct. <laughs> but objectively that is an incorrect way to think. But because she's so compelling as a character, you find yourself being like, I mean, I feel bad for you though. Yeah, I mean, and then on, add on top of it, the layer of Judy Dench, she is getting close to her for, <sighs> she has ulterior motives. And because Judy Dench, I, she's essentially a closeted lesbian. It's like unspecified. Yeah. But the movie sort of like leads you to believe that she is a, a, queer person mm -hmm. or a lesbian again unspecified right. who is who is infatuated <laughs> with yes. Shiba and had had to have a restraining order put against her by a former teacher yes and so now you see like okay she is repeating this pattern again and she is almost I mean not almost she is blackmailing Kate Blanchett in a way being like I know the secret about you I promise I won't tell anybody, but you have to be my very best friend. <laughs> and it's fucking wild. It's insane. It, it is, is so insane. There's so much coercion and manipulation and gaslighting <laughs> and blackmailing in this movie. It, I swear to, I'm telling you, it is like a soap opera, but it is so well made. It is so well made. And there is a point when Kate Blanchett snaps. And oh. up until this point- She's like this super kind, super warm woman. Granted, she has done an awful thing, but her persona through the whole thing is again, she's this very like warm maternal yes, figure. Which is why you feel bad for her because exactly. again, this is sort of all wrapping up within itself. She's exactly. just so nice. But then she finally snaps on Judy Dench and it's like she has turned into a demon. It's like she's turned herself inside out and it is riveting. It is so good. Kate <laughs> Blanchett is truly on hinge she's, in this movie she's incredible and i i had heard like i had heard the title of this movie before i had no idea what it was about <laughs> oh i had no idea what this movie was None about whatsoever but i was like she was nominated for an academy award everyone says it's like one of her best performances ever mm -hmm. so we're like okay we're gonna watch it and i'm so glad i did because i don't think i would have watched this otherwise i would not have watched this and otherwise. it is a movie that truly surprised me at how good of a time i was having watching this it was riveting you could not take your eyes no. off of it it was like watching the undoing where you know that it's kind of trash yes, yes. <laughs> but you're like i cannot take my eyes off of this fucking yes. series also that actor the actor who plays the 15 year old yes is brilliant so good little irish boy this little irish leprechaun <laughs> i <laughs> so i was very high when i watched this movie oh my god and it, in all caps also all miss all typoed it says 
am scared. Bon voyage to her little leprechaun. No! Oh my god. leprechaun <laughs> i mean he he is kind of leprechaun he looking. is leprechaun i read in the trivia for this movie that nicholas holt almost got the role oh that would have been incredible incredible a baby oh. nicholas holt with kate blanchett Ooh. can you imagine the, oh my god the acting oh Amazing. okay i can i can i can think of a better version of this movie <laughs> it's with nicholas holt it's with Nic- it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's with nikki holt <laughs> nikki holt <laughs> holt uh, i would say if you're gonna watch any of the movies from this episode this is the one I would highly recommend. Yeah. Because it's the tight 90. It's tight I think it's 90. 97 to be exact. It's tight 90. And it's just so riveting. Tight 90. You can't find it anywhere except for Amazon Prime Video. Yeah. Okay. So again, we were talking about this before we started this podcast. And I was like, you know, you can't find this anywhere. Because when you ask Siri on the Apple TV, like, hey, notes on a scandal. <laughs> Girl. Girl. No, it's not a scandal. She's like, nothing. Doesn't exist. <laughs> Doesn't exist. Uh, when you look at it online, it says it's not streaming anywhere. But then when you look it up on Amazon Prime it's Video, there. it's there. So go watch it there. Yeah. Because it's genuinely not available to buy or rent on iTunes. Yeah, but very good film. Like, and very, very, good very film. happy we watched it's, it. Uh, it's so good. And it's so nice to be able to see someone like Dame Judi Dench and Kate Blanchett in the same movie without needing, feeling like they're competing for the spotlight. Exactly. They... They balanced out each other so well. Mm-hmm. And they are both incredibly strong women and strong actors. Yes. That like, again, you didn't feel like anyone was swallowing each other whole. Yeah. It was truly such a pleasure to watch. When I tell you, like, it was a, it was a pleasure. I was like, because, <laughs> okay, Monica and I watch a lot of movies. A lot of and movies. While I always have a good time in the end, there are some where I'm like, I just... Can we get to the end? Yes. Already? Yes. This one, I was like excited about what it, what was happening the was whole so time. Good. It really shocked me. Yeah. So <laughs> so this is a great example of how well Kate Blanchett plays with another really strong actor. Because there are actors who can really hold their own, but they they don't play nice with other folks. Yeah. It just agreed. doesn't happen like that for them. So Jessica, bring us home, baby. What's the third film? The third film is Carol. Came out in 2016, directed by Todd Haynes, screenplay by Phyllis. How do you. Nagy? I think it's Nagy. Nagy? No, I think it's Nagy. Nagy? Okay. (laughs) Screenplay by Phyllis Nagy, based on the 1952 romance novel The Price of Salt by Patricia Highsmith, which was then republished as Carol in 1990. Yes, because it was just a better title. Correct. I don't want to know what the price of salt is. <laughs> Therese Bellavet, played by Rooney Mara, spots the beautiful, elegant Carol, played by Kate Blanchett, perusing the doll displays in a 1950s Manhattan department store. The two women develop a fast bond that becomes a love with complicated consequences. Probably the shortest uh, description you could possibly give about this insane movie. Yeah, because there, a lot happens. This was the first time you'd seen it, right? Yes. This is the very first time I'd <gasps> ever seen it. Give me your first impressions. First impressions. First of all, the music is beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful Carter Burwell score in this film. Gorgeous music. Gorgeous mm-hmm. score. Just stunning in the background. It was a beautiful theme. I could not get it out of my head. It was gorgeous. Beautiful. Um, second impression, this was a spicy movie. Mm-hmm. First of all, 
who let the dogs out? Am I right? <laughs> who let these 1950s women act in such a scandalous way? I mean, that's the point. They were trying to not allow it. Exactly. And then one of the things that I really love that this movie does is that the central characters, Carol and Therese or Therese. It's Therese. <laughs> Therese. <laughs> Carol and Therese are like in this bubble of we don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about us until it starts affecting the people that we love and then we care like the way that they treat their sexuality the way that they treat their sexual orientation Mm -hmm. is like is truly just about like or or rather their sexual identity is truly just about like how they feel and who they are on the inside and nothing else it's not about shame like they don't feel shame for how they feel the people around them feel shame for how they feel. Yeah. And so it's very interesting to see such a modern perspective come out of these honestly out outdated archetypes of mm-hmm. women, right? We've got like the housewife, we've yes. got like the the woman working in the department store. Yeah, like the the young woman in New York City. Yeah, trying to be an artist like very very strong archetypes from the 1950s that you wouldn't otherwise expect to be that forward thinking no um and it it was just very exciting to watch especially because Kate Blanchett plays such a gorgeous woman <laughs> she is truly a specimen like I think I think the way that her character is observed in this movie is very similar to how she's observed in Notes on a Scandal. Yes. Where she's just sort of this like ethereal, otherworldly woman that like you just want to know about her and you want to know like who she is and what she's doing and how she got to be the way that she is. And like the way that Kate Blanchett carries herself in this movie, you can see how much she has matured as an actress. Oh, yeah. In this movie because- it's very subtle. It it really is. Like we're presented with this. I think it takes place specifically in 1952. Yeah. Between 1952 and 53. Early 50s. Exactly. And so you're presented with this woman. She's this very rich housewife who like appears to have it all. Like she has her husband and she has the kids and she, she can buy whatever toy she wants for them. And she wears this glamorous fur coat everywhere. And she's oh, just like stunningly so beautiful. And normally when women like this are portrayed in films, they're very pristine. Yes. And in this, you get to see sort of another side of that. And she, the, a lot of, a lot of the success of Kate Blanchett in this role is just in the mannerisms of Carol. Yes. Like she's a 1952 rich housewife who's not afraid to run her fingers through her perfectly like bobbed hair. Yes. And that seems small, but it is such a huge thing. Oh, it's so it's significant. So it's so significant. She's not afraid to kiss someone with her lipstick on. Yes. And it's not just like a peck. It's like a full on like Rancher. Yes. And when she has company over and she's relaxing with Therese, she takes her heels off. Like it's all of these little things that of course I'm like, I'm sure to an extent it was in the book, it was in the script, whatever. But ultimately Kate Blanchett is the person executing this like, this woman who has, appears to have it all, but is sort of leading like a double life in a way. She's also very confident in her own identity. She's incredibly controlled and composed. She's very controlled. I think a lot of it just comes with age, right? A lot of it Mm -hmm. comes with the time that she has spent on this earth trying to field people's, I don't know, like 
opinions about her, trying to field people's suspicions about her, mm-hmm. right? So there's this character played by Sarah Paulson, who, and they're both incredible in this movie together, so by the way. Again, go watch that interview. <laughs> it's on today's YouTube channel. Um, there's this uh, side side character, if you will. Yeah. Sarah Paulson's character named uh, Abby. Abby. Aunt yes. Abby to the little girl. Yes. And she is a not only a childhood friend to Kate Blanchett's character, Carol, but also um, about five years ago to the point of this movie um a lover yeah of Kate Blanchett's character Carol and a large part of that you know a, a a big a big theme of their like relationship is just security like mm-hmm. they feel very comfortable around each other and even though it didn't work out like it didn't work out that they were together they're free to be able to talk to each other about like other women that they're looking at right Sarah Paulson is is um uh telling Kate Blanchett about how she's trying she's like she's got her eyes on this redhead mm-hmm. and and Kate Blanchett's like oh you think you can handle a redhead yeah and it's just very <laughs> funny and it's very nice to see this warm and loving and also I wouldn't say stable but I would say like secure relationship between these yeah. two women um and again like a lot of Kate Blanchett's character's own um confidence and security comes from being able to find these kinds of relationships and not feel ashamed about them because she knows that they are good and the intentions are good and it's quite literally the same as any other relationship that is good and pure yeah and so um when she meets the character uh rooney mara character rooney mara's character therese 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 whatever (laughs) she She's sort of like transfixed by this idea of like innocence mm-hmm. and like naivete. Mm-hmm. And it's not quite predatory. Like they are very much yeah. consenting adults. Yes. But it's very much like it's less so a conquest and more so a transfiction. Like she's very yes. transfixed by this, by this like passionate individual this artist this woman who who very much has her own opinion about about life and and from the very beginning she's like or i don't let me see um from the very beginning she doesn't offer kate blanchett a or kate blanchett's character uh a doll she mm-hmm. wants her to buy her kid a train set because she thinks that that's a better present yeah <laughs> and she's not afraid to let her know that so again like I think Carol is just very, very enamored by other other kindred spirits, like other people that are kind of like her, just a little bit outside of the ordinary. And it it makes for a very beautiful and and entertaining film. Mm-hmm. It really it really does. And like when you're watching it, you're kind of going like and this is back to your point about how it's not exactly a predatory relationship, but it is different Mm -hmm. than what you would normally think of as like someone meeting someone and courting them and falling in love with them, et cetera. But, and you're watching it, you're kind of going like, like, why are they going about it this way? And you remember it's 1952 Mm -hmm. and they're both queer women and, or Kate Blanchett is and Rooney Mara doesn't know. And she's still figuring out her sexuality, et cetera. And you're kind of like, well, what other option did they have? Like what other option did they have, but leave the gloves on the counter? (laughs) Yeah. And like have a flirtation over the phone and then have a flirtatious lunch and then have a flirtatious meeting at home and then kind of just see what happens. And you're, it's not uncomfortable, but it is intriguing and it is fascinating because it is two very different ends of this 
spectrum for this narrative where you have Therese who has never been with a woman before. She's kind of confused about love in her life in general because she has this guy that loves her in quotes <laughs> in massive quotes <laughs> but she's like i don't really know what love is i don't really know what settling down looks like for me and then there's carol who's full full ass settled down already this bitch is married this bitch is so married she's divorced yes exactly <laughs> like she is very settled she very much knows her sexuality she very much knows what she wants and yet they both want each other while coming from very opposite ends of this like sexuality narrative and that's why it's so fascinating to watch them come together and then to see the dynamic and to also see the choices that are placed in front of them because I don't know about you but when I watched it I'm just kind of like this is clearly taking such a toll on both of you and your family and like Kate Blanchett you're gonna lose your fucking kids like I know that your sexuality is an integral part of your identity and love truly. I mean, like you should have a right to pursue that. But in 1952, if you're about to lose fucking everything, I would just stay married to the rich man for the looks. I don't know. It's easier. It it seems like when you're a viewer, you're like, come on, it's just easier. But she can't bring herself to do it. And I have such massive respect for that, especially given the time period. She has a lot of fortitude about what she conceives to be her perfect life, her ideal life. There's this scene at the end of the movie when she is talking to the lawyers Mm -hmm. in in the not the courtroom but like the 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 room next to the courtroom (laughs) where all the lawyers and her ex-husband are all gathered to sort of like um go over this quote-unquote morality clause what the fuck does that even mean right like this morality clause that this injunction that her ex-husband has placed upon her in order to secure full custody of his child and um she sort of looks at everyone and is like i I am not going to, she's essentially saying like, I'm not going to dim my shine. I am not going to live this insane life where I pretend like I don't love women. That's not going to happen. But what is going to happen is I'm going to see my kid because it would be fucking stupid if I couldn't. Yeah. (laughs) And it makes the most sense in the world that we live in for you my ex-husband to have full custody of the child because that means her life's going to be easier but that doesn't mean that i'm going to make my life worse by living under this like insane fake identity of being a heterosexual woman that's not going to happen so she stays she has a lot of fortitude and she stays very true to herself throughout the entire film and that is ultimately what saves her Mm -hmm. that's ultimately what saves her relationship with her daughter that's ultimately what saves her honestly saves her relationship with her ex-husband yeah because you do have to have a relationship in order for custody to fucking work exactly (laughs) and i think like yes the easier option is for her to say like well yeah i'm just gonna stay married and have like a couple of flings on the side Mm -hmm. but that's not what she wants yeah no it would be too painful for her and it's also not fair to the people that she's having those relationships with exactly yeah but um the other thing that i love about a lot of the dialogue in this movie it's just it's very evocative Mm -hmm. nothing is said like very straightforward in this movie yeah they kind of dance around a lot of different subjects and dance around a lot of like like are you aren't you like Mm -hmm. kind of a situation and they don't they don't really say very much but the the emotions behind the words yes however bland the words are the emotions are very present yes and kind of like puncture through everything so i like that the movie like trusts its audience to Mm -hmm. like 
no one has to spell it out for you hunties like yeah they are very much in love and they have this what doesn't necessarily seem like a flirtationship on paper like if you were to read these words on paper right. it would not feel like they're, they're flirting but the way that they're saying things and the emotions that they are they are like injecting into these words into these sentences offer you so much more about their relationship and that is how you sort of like believe that they are they are kind of not destined for each other, but that they can have a really great love. Yeah, they have a very meaningful relationship to each other. I think you were left at the end of the movie knowing that like these two women are forever changed by each other. Mm -hmm. But I do love that in the end, like it really, it's just not about Therese anymore. It's because they're, for me at least, their whole relationship, I'm kind of going like, are they actually super, super in love or is this is she just like escaping and Therese was there mm -hmm. like I don't deny that they do love each other but I don't think that Therese is Carol's like be all end all yeah I think she'll be okay without her which to me at least was a very important thing to come away from the movie with because I think you have to know that these characters loved each other accepted what happened between them like we're felt grateful for how they've changed each other, but then we're ultimately okay without each other, but still went on to like live authentic lives. Exactly. And of course, like it's very ambiguous at yeah. the end as to whether or not they either get back together or kind of just admire each other from the fall from afar mm -hmm. or like pine after each other. Like it's very ambiguous, but I think at the end of the day, Carol's life looks very different, but yes. she is so much more fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And, um, Therese. Yes, Therese. <laughs> Therese's life also is very fulfilled, right? She finally sort of got out of her own way and decided to become a photographer. She yeah. works for the New York Times now. And Carol is like a buyer at a furniture store and has her own apartment and is able to like live her life without fucking strings attached to everything. And she doesn't have to ask permission for, you know, of anyone. She doesn't have to do anything that would put her in a position where she has to live inauthentically. Yeah. And that I think is the, the greatest triumph of, of the movie is the fact that she is able to like assert her independence mm -hmm. in her own way and not have to rely on anyone to fabricate a life for her so that she can live comfortably totally. it is a very it's a very moving film it really is it really really is and like like you said the ending is ambiguous and you kind of just go like if they end up together Great. that would be awesome but also like these bitches are living and i'm happy for them and also like Kate blanchett offers these like little morsels of humanity throughout like her hard shell exterior yeah like she's like that chocolate sauce that once it touches the ice cream it gets very like rigid and hard <laughs> she's but like a magic shell she's like a magic shell <laughs> and then once you get to the ooey gooey inside you realize that she's like a, a vivacious woman right and she has like a lot of like a lot of vigor and like zest for living and for life and she's also she has rage she has rage inside yes. of her there is this scene where she is um at this like hotel motel <gasps> whatever holiday inn holiday honestly the holiday inn <laughs> the hotel motel holiday inn. <laughs> i can't <laughs> she's at this holiday inn <laughs> And um, she is obviously with Therese and they are, they obviously had a night of rollicking and 
have rollicking. Do you mean frolicking? No, rollicking. <laughs> and they romping, romping and rollicking. Um, they had a night of romping and rollicking, and um, uh, there's this like weird dude that's like always smiling at them and yeah. like saying hi to Therese. 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 <laughs> Therese. Therese. <laughs> and he's just fucking weird. He's weird at the ice machine. He's weird in the cafeteria. He's weird all the time. He's just fucking weird. Yep. And um. It turns out that this mofo is a private investigator uh-huh. hired by Carol's ex-husband. His name is like Hodge. His name is <laughs> very odd name. His name, her her ex-husband's like name is like Harge or something. Yeah, it's like Harge, Harge Hodge or, or like Horgy. Either way, I don't know. Very weird. Very like Ho, it's like Hogarth. I don't know. Whatever his whatever his name is uh-huh. is fucking weird. But the point is, he hired this private eye. Who like has recorded all of their rollicking? Yes, he through had, like, the wall, a microphone in the wall, yeah, and like an amplifier, and it was a whole, and like he just recorded all mm-hmm. these reels, and then like sent them to her ex husband, and was yep. like, "Sorry, ma'am, I'm just doing my job." Yeah, and she, this bitch, pulls out a fucking gun. Yep, she's like, "I'm gonna shoot your ass." <laughs> she pulls a pistol out of her like little handbag or uh-huh. whatever, and like marches right up to that guy and holds the gun in his fucking face and is like how dare you yeah how dare you like you don't know anything you little motherfucker yep it is such a good scene because you see this like this like ferociousness in Kate Blanchett's eyes and you literally cannot look away and also this bitch pulls the trigger but there are no there are no bullets <laughs> played so, your damn self it's like you played yourself <laughs> carol you played yourself so is she just doesn't i mean oscar well deserved but she didn't get it but nominated nominated <laughs> well deserved nomination very very as well we deserved. know she only got the oscar for blue jasmine and, and the, the aviator the aviator <laughs> you uh, carol is well worth it it is a very like quiet movie. It's very quiet. It kind of reminded me of um, what what's that movie with Nicole Kidman and the nose? The hours. The hours. It reminded me of the hours. I was gonna say that Julianne Moore's character, some of her like mannerisms remind me of Carol a lot. Julianne Moore. She plays the 1950s housewife. Yes. Yeah. The one who's pregnant. Yeah, she's just like, they're not at all the same character, but not just this sort of like breaking the mold of like mm-hmm. the pristine. Yes. Like statuesque ideas that we have of 1950s women. Yeah. yeah. So just again, be warned. Very, the pacing is slow. Yeah. And it's a very quiet film, but I think well worth the watch. If you're really, really for, beautiful. If you're looking for something a little, a little more, I don't know, romantic. Yeah. And to make you feel something. Make you feel something <laughs> tasty. Uh, well, that was Kate Blanchett. That was Kate Blanchett. Monica, what have you dabbled in? Honestly, I have dabbled in my dog. I have dabbled oh, yeah? in my dog Carrie. She very recently got a spay, um, um, but she also hurt her paw. Poor little lady. She's a very rambunctious. Pup. She is a rum- rambunctious scamp. Yeah, she really is scampy. <laughs> <laughs> she really is shrimp scampy <laughs> from Bubba Gump. Yes, I'm sure you can all hear her collar dangling in the background of our various recent episodes. Oh, I'm certain of it. But yeah. the, you know, she, she's just saying hi. She is just. 
She's a special pooch. (laughs) She's very energetic and gets herself into predicaments. Yeah. (laughs) That's her barking upstairs if you didn't hear that. (laughs) We had to send Erin upstairs with her to calm her down because she was... uh, rambunctious (laughs) so so yeah i've been dabbling in her she is wearing the elizabethan cone which i find ironic because we were talking about elizabeth one and shakespeare in love not too long ago too and shakespeare in love not too long ago which by the way listen to our gwyneth paltrow episode yes if you haven't already it's called goopy gwyneth paltrow yes it's 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 goopy goop deliciousness (laughs) but otherwise i mean she's a special poochie but I'm ready for her to be healed from her spay. <laughs> she just she needs to go on walks she and needs to calm down. She needs to bit. she needs to calm the fuck down. Yeah. In the words of one TT Swift, <laughs> she needs to calm down. <laughs> Jessica, what yes. have you dabbled in? I just got back from the mountains. Or tell us about the woods. Um, I went to the mountains up near Bishop with my friend Hannah. Oh, shout out and to I just Hannah. Hung out in an A-frame for a week and I went to a ghost town and I went to a haunted hotel. It was very fun. Ugh, I love it. Tell the tell the listeners what, what it's called. What what what's called? Everything. <laughs> I went to the ghost town of Bodie, and then the haunted hotel is in a town called Bridgeport, which is some a little bit past Bodie. Um but yeah, there's a haunted, it's haunted by the white lady of Bridgeport. Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> Very fun. How does she haunt? Oh, she just, she just stands there <laughs> and she just appears and then goes away. Good haunting. Exactly. <laughs> Good haunting unto thee. Good haunting. Good job, white lady. Good haunting. <laughs> um, but yeah, any questions today, Jessica? No. Well, you must rectify that, listener. <laughs> Uh, send us your questions yes please send us your questions you can send it to our email i think it's something like john favreau is, is allegedly my daddy at gmail.com yeah you send or it you can there. dm us dm us um i don't know at john favreau is my daddy pod on instagram yeah, exactly get on that get on it we're we're at 200 followers now mm-hmm. hell ha- yeah bang bang try and stop us try and stop us from reaching one billion exactly (laughs) try just try and finally don't Don't sue us daddy favreau Favreau. good night monica good night jessica